Hi, you guys, and welcome to today's episode of Trailer Cast Conversations. Today's guest is BJ Hickman, and she is an emotional wellness master coach. And when BJ and I were talking about what we could possibly talk about today, we had a million things on our list. And then when we got to the call, decided, forget the list. Let's just jump in and see where this thing goes. Our conversation (laughs) goes everywhere as a result of that and in all the right ways. And I think that it continues to go to show that when you are willing to just show up with a full heart and see what happens, that there is often magic to be found right in the messy middle. I hope you enjoy. How are you today, BJ? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad. I'm kind of glad my client had to cancel. It gave me a minute to breathe before we did this. So, right. Still don't know what I want to talk about. <laughs> you know what? I I do trust. Like every time that we actually talk, that we're going to go everywhere we need to. Uh-huh. I always feel that way too. That's why I haven't stressed about it. It's like <laughs> yeah. keep coming forward, but nothing that feels like that. Oh yeah, that's where I want to go. And I thought I'm just not going to plan this and see where it goes when I get yeah. it on the phone. So. I dig it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did anything come to the top when you were kind of trying to sift through like, oh, the only okay. thing that did that always, you said, what makes me feel all the feelings and the, and the things that do mm-hmm. that aren't things that can, anything come up. And then something happened this morning. And I thought the one thing I think I'd love to explore with you is um, my Enneagram. Ooh, because right. I think I shared with you when we had coffee that yeah. I tested as a two, landed as mm-hmm. an eight, don't know what my mm-hmm. wing is, don't know, you know, don't know any of the subtype stuff about me. But what I do know is I'm a high level eight and it's really frustrating. I follow a lot of Enneagram people and it's I feel so misunderstood because I feel like everyone really focuses on the low level eight and all the ways that we want to be controlling. Well, I'm 62 years old. I've done a lot of therapy. I am not that. That was me in my twenties, thirties. Oh, hell yeah. Maybe even in my forties, it's nothing at all me anymore. And I wonder how many other eights feel really misunderstood or is that common to any type? So literally, like the literature talks about how like the four feels the most misunderstood. So I can't answer that without bias. Okay. Um, <laughs> You're a four, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what I will say is honoring the fact that you are misrepresented. Yeah. And also the small demographic of healthy women eights. So can we speak to that also for a moment? That you might not feel yourself um, seen. You might not read yourself into the story or into the literature or into the Enneagram circles because you've done some work. Right. Right. There's also a lot of harmful Enneagram literature out there. Yeah, I think so too. So what's the biggest rub with that? What's like, what do you want people to know then about like, hey, this is actually what it could look like or what I feel, what I, what I, how I am. What I feel is I'm not a control freak. I'm really good at letting go of outcomes because I've gone through enough Um, I've gone through some stuff in my life that caused me to have to stop trying to control outcomes. And I'm really good at it. (laughs) I am a very direct communicator, but Mm -hmm. I'm not 
mean or cruel ever with my communication. Um, yeah. I very rarely, only if I'm majorly triggered, which just does not happen that much in my life anymore, do I go to a space that I would have gone um, as a young person and a less evolved person in eight. But I'm, yes. I am very protective, but I'm not a challenger. I used to be. I used to look yeah. for the argument. Um, right. I'm just the opposite now. I, I really think if I, my, my wing is a nine because I really... Okay. I can kind of shift into my anxious attachment when I'm in conflict and I don't in any other way. Like I'm, I'm an avoidant attached. So anxious attachment is really rare. I found that when I'm in conflict, I, I, that feeling of anxiety that comes up and it's nothing other than I'm in conflict and I don't want this relationship to be affected and I want it to go away because I don't want to feel that. And all of a sudden my abandonment stuff comes up and my fear comes up and my feeling misunderstood comes up and all my childhood things come up Mm. and that's the only time. And it's so very rare because I'm also really comfortable with conflict when it's not, when I'm not misunderstood in it. I'm really comfortable with having disagreeing conversations without fighting or demeaning or Mm -hmm. arguing even just, Hey, we look at it differently and I'm totally in respect of how you look at it and I don't need you to change your mind. And here's how I feel about it. So does that, is that, does that fit? Yeah. 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 Well, okay. What it fits is how you find your way in that place has been through a lot of evolution. Without question. The, yeah, without oh, and just like it's it's agonizing, you know that that work from here to there is exhausting. Absolutely, it's well, it's been traumatic. It is. It traumatic. has been it, that has been my trauma. What's gotten me here? I mean, I learned how to stop trying to control outcomes when I had a, a breast cancer diagnosis, and yeah. from the day of diagnosis to the surgery was only two and a half months, but it felt like three years. And my, uh, my bandwidth was so narrow because of it Mm. that I couldn't tolerate anything that wasn't necessary. And I sure as hell couldn't manage what I couldn't control. And I, for the first time, learned how to let go of, come into acceptance of, and stop trying to ruminate and stay awake over and manage things that were completely out of my control. And the next yes. year after my surgery, when my um, immune system was compromised from the radiation I had to take, I it, it was just more and more and more of that. And for years after that, there were these this series of events that just unfolded that led me to my private practice that I've had now for five years that has kind of been the culmination of all the traumas and all the experiences of my life. Um, those were all meant to teach me to continue to let go of. And I'm really yes. good at it now. It still shocks yes, me. DJ. That's how bad it was before. It yes. still shocks me that I'm that I'm good at it. But that's how I know where I am in my eightness. And that's why I feel frustrated by it sometimes. When you're misrepresented. Because represented. you've worked so hard to be where you're at. Yeah. You're like, I earned this, so... When you're saying that that about me, that's not true about me. And you know, ironically, now actually, my eight r- feathers are ruffled. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> exactly. I'm now I do want to challenge you, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm feeling very protective yeah. of myself. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And 
Yeah. Hey, and that's okay, because what I know when I sit in, in my four seat is I'm looking for the eight. I am looking to say, where is the voice of clarity and reason? Where is the person who's going to stand up and say, what the hell is going on? And that's here, me. Folks? I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah. I'm really good yeah. at sifting out all the crap that doesn't matter and getting to the part mm-hmm. that matters. It's yep. one of my gifts. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. So we can, you can have that. Eights can have that without the other barbs, right? Or the need for it to be my agenda. Like my challenge is not for me. That's the difference. My challenge is for the greater good of the people. Yes. 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 It's funny you use the word barb because the B stands for Barbara. And the reason I go by BJ is because I hated the name and I hated every nickname that went with my name. And the main one that landed with people was Barb. And why wouldn't Ooh, I, I hate chills. that name? Ooh. Isn't it crazy? BJ, I'm going to cry right now because there's, okay, I'll, this is for a whole other time and another conversation, but there are, there are, have been five core experiences in my life where I've, we've uncovered someone's actual birth name and what that has meant. And then their evolution into their own given or chosen name since then. And the meaning in that BJ, oh, oh. It's the first time I've ever connected it to what we're talking about that way. And when you used that word, it was like, whoa, I can't let that go away. I have to call that into this. Okay. Let's keep calling that in. Hmm. Yeah. There was, I'm going to tell you an anecdote for a sec. (laughs) My life is a metaphor. Um, I had to remove the most massive sticker thing from our new puppy. And when I finally got this thing out, I looked at it. I'm like, wow, that is an unbelievable design with the spirals and the sticks and all the things that were connected in this seed. And I thought the commitment and what it needed in order to continue to survive is all these sticky points so that I could get carried in order to continue to germinate and have the seeds little life. But what I see in that barb is resilience and a commitment and that I'm still here, not a, not a vicious barb and not a negative stick, but like a, like, oh, I'm tenacious, right? It's not always a bad barb. Sometimes we need that. That's how we stay stuck to each other. Wow. That's so good. I always say I'm the person you want on the exit row. Mm. I'm really resilient. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Really resilient. Inexplicably resilient. Mm. Renee talks about how we, it's a lottery. We can't, we don't get to choose how much resilience we're born with. Mm -hmm. We can learn it. I've got both. I was born with a yeah. lot and I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And the way you described that makes that make so much sense. Wow. I think I just came into resolution for my birth name and why. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> hmm. There's so much beautiful truth in getting to have your name be exactly the way that you mean it to be. So my mom called me BJ. And in the last few years of her life, my best friends had begun to call me that. 
and I had tried every other nickname and middle name and everything <laughs> else growing up. Nothing ever felt like my name. You know, they say one of the sweetest sounds people hear is, the, is their name, and I never felt that way. And I cringed saying my name. It never came out of my mouth right. And so when my mom died, I exclusively began to go by BJ. Whoa. And only people who knew me before 30 years ago yeah. knew my real name or ever called me that. <laughs> so it's always felt like my name since I've used it. Yes. It just felt like a comfortable glove when I finally embraced it and just said, okay, this is it. So now all that makes so much sense. Mm. That's so good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> just like we said, I always say when my clients call in and I and they say, I don't have anything to talk about today. And I'm always like, oh, this is going to be good. Because you, you don't plan it. The things that come forward. It's, it's and I think literally that's where we started, which was, I cannot wait to see what's going to happen today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much trust, though, in that, being able to even do that, to say, I don't know, but I'm all here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not needing to okay. have it all buttoned up before I got on here. Oh, you know, yeah. that's how boring would yeah. that be? <laughs> that, was, whew, that was how I ran my life for a long, long time. Okay. And even if I didn't, I wanted to, you know, and now I'm like, oh, no, no, no. This is going to be good if you don't do that. Yes. So much better. Yes. Would you maybe give some background, either like, the journey from control to not control. And even like you said clients, but people listening don't know what you do for your work. So maybe giving some backstory between like where you have come from and like where you are now. We, we have a clearer picture of where you are now, but where have you come from? So I was, I went to church when I was eight days old. And I continued going to church for a lot of years after that. I, I When people say I grew up in church, I literally grew up in church. My parents might as well have been, or my mother might as well have been a minister because I was, if the doors were open, we were there and we were there a lot of time in between too. Our lives revolved around church. And my husband became a youth minister nine months after we got married. And so then our lives really did revolve around church. And we lived in that Christian bubble. Wow. It was also a yeah. very um, rigid punitive, um, um, fundamental Baptist church Mm -hmm, and a mm -hmm, lot of mm -hmm. spiritual abuse that we experienced. Uh, When we left ministry the year my mom died, 30 years ago, um, this month actually, we um, went back to Texas for a year. My mom was dying and we only stayed a year with my husband thought he might go back to seminary, but we could not live in Texas anymore. Yeah, California yeah. was our home. We'd been there. We'd raised our kids there up to that point and it, we needed to come back and we did. And, um, our lives went in a lot of different directions. Um, but my husband started working in addiction treatment afterwards learned that he, well, he actually started off in a um, psych hospital, but he landed in addiction treatment after about 10 years and in process learned he was a recovering addict. We knew he'd been addicted as a teenager, but we knew nothing about addiction. Um, And I have a lot of different views on that now. I don't know that I don't really use the word addict or alcoholic anymore because I think it's all trauma driven and and people become dependent on substances Mm -hmm. 
just like they mm -hmm. become dependent on them in other, with other, in other ways. Mm -hmm. um, his mm -hmm. was that. But really, at the end of the day, um, his real drug of choice was external validation. And we went through a lot of years of really difficult relationship issues in our marriage because he was constantly mm. seeking that validation outside of our marriage. And not sexually, um, only one time. And it, I'm free to tell that story. And we, I tell our story often and publicly. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of anxious attachment that played out in being really, you know, I've learned in studying attachment myself. The yes. visceral physiological response that babies have when we put them skin to skin in the first days mm -hmm. of their moments of their lives. And when we have that loving gaze and we nurture them and we meet their emotional and physical and mental needs the way it, they're designed to have them met, there is a release of hormones and endorphins that we feel. That is the yes. exact same physiological feeling we feel at the beginning of a romantic relationship. And that fire goes off. And so mm. we're confusing that moment in time as a child that we didn't get that need met when we had that felt need. And it didn't yeah. happen. And it happens as adults in our anxious attachment. That's what people call love addiction. It ain't love oh. and it ain't addiction, people. Hmm. It's insecure attachment. And it's a need for that external validation, which is unsustainable because once we become adults, we have to be able to provide that for ourselves. Yes. And if we yes. can't, we cannot get enough of it from someone else. And I could not make him feel secure enough, nor could anyone else that came into his life. But he tried really hard yep. for a, a couple of decades to make that work. <laughs> and we ma managed to stay together in spite of it all for a lot of good and bad reasons, but on this side of it, I can look back and go, the right ones for us, okay. for everybody, okay. but for us. Cool. And um, he began to do internal family systems work a few years ago. Beautiful. And that was the shift yes. for him. Love IFS. That's mm -hmm. the piece that made sense to him, the parts. Yes. Was finally, he'd done all kinds of trauma work, he'd done all kinds of things, but that was the thing that stuck. And that was the thing that changed everything for him and in turn for us. And what I learned along the way was, and this is where my eightness comes come the full circle back. I survived because of my eightness. I was able to detach from my emotions in the relationship long enough to stay with him in spite of, and then because of. Then, as I began to learn more and more and more about attachment and my own avoidant attachment brought on because my mom was depressed the first year of my life, which I did not know until recently, um, I came to understand that validation piece. And now all of a sudden, this was a conversation. This was not something that had been being done to me all those years that I thought I was a victim of his behavior. I realized I had nothing to do with me, nothing to do with me. And there was freedom in that. And I could say, okay, let's look at this differently. And when he had a slip, I could say, okay, let's talk about it. What happened? What led to it? And he could see it. And now all of a sudden we were partnering in his healing, my healing, our healing, instead of coexisting and riding the wave until we could get to that space. Took what it took, took as long as it took. Okay, I can look back and go, whoa. But I don't. 
because now we have the careers of our dreams. We have the life of our dreams. This, yeah. our, this quarantine time, holy crap, five years ago, mm-hmm. this would have been bad. <laughs> this would not have gone over well. And I mean, I'm at this point in it, I'm seeing how many people are finding meaning. They're noticing what it's shining a light on. Um, They're noticing that it's giving them things that they kind of wanted before, but didn't know how to get it. And the slowness and stillness is opening opportunity for them to find it. And for us, there have been some things that happened, just spontaneously happened that were awesome opportunities for us to lean into each other and have these really beautiful moments and to watch him for the first time in his life ever in all i've known him since i was six years old we've been married for 42 and a half years and for the first time ever to see him stand in his adult feet and connected to his truth and hold it while it was being questioned by someone and come to me and say okay i think i know what i'm feeling and i'd be like okay and be able to he couldn't do that he couldn't even bring anything into the room before because he had so much shame he just hid it all and held it all and then it festered and blew up over and over again and now it's like it's all out in the room all the time and the laughter that we've had oh you have laughed so hard through this thing honestly people are like open back up open back up and this is a very privileged thing i'm about to say and i know that but I keep going, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. I mean, I'm ready to go mm-hmm. hold my babies, my grandbabies. It's, that's killing me. But I'm enjoying this part. And You're allowed. Yeah, You're and allowed being to here together yeah. mm-hmm. is, I could have never, ever, ever have imagined it could be this good when I was in that lower end. They, <laughs> yes. I would have okay. been so busy so, trying to control everything that I couldn't right. control. This would be really ugly on my yeah, part. Trying to make oh, it good. God, yeah. 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 I'm going to make this good. I'm going to make the something out of this quarantine. I'm going to find every single source of meaning here. I'm going to make it good. You better sit down folks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I actually hear is your resilience speaking yeah. in, in resilience. I hear you saying, Hey, uh, we lost complete control of everything, but we're actually okay with that because uh, we know who we are, both individually and in our marriage. And so when the whole world shut down and we were together, it was kind of the best time of our lives, maybe, because we actually don't have tons of time. And now we do. And now we find ourselves laughing more than ever. Mm -hmm. Look at what we've made. Look at this beautiful place we're in. We did this. Yeah. 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 You deserve to eat all of that up. So 57, you changed careers and created a career. Yep. What do you do for work? I am a um, attachment-focused, trauma-focused master coach. Um, The work I do is very therapeutic, very much like therapy, uh, but it's very um, experiential, hands-on, in the moment. My clients call. I do all my work by phone. My clients. So this has been an easy transition for me. I'm sitting right where I would be sitting on any Thursday. Yes. Um, Yep. And... The great part about it is that 
um, the first thing I ask them is, how was your week? Because we really do look at the ways that their attachment styles and their mm -hmm. trauma and whatever other experiences they've had that are showing up in ways that are not serving them, how they show up today. How did they show yeah. up this week? Yeah. How are they showing yeah. up in your relationships, in your parenting, mm -hmm. in your marriage, in your friendships, in your family relationships? And what can we do differently next week? And so it's very hands-on in the moment. And yes. I love that part yes. of it. Yes. Yeah, you're saying something that like is kind of really the heart of like this new venture within TrailerCast is, um, what the heck is therapy? And like, we like is that the word that fits? Like, what about like, like that moment we had in with your name is like that's not therapy, but you know what that is? Like, that's really damn good for the soul. Yeah. And and so as we deconstruct, as we're in this grand season of deconstruction, faith wise, gender wise, spirit, I mean, all these ways we're yes. deconstructing so much as a society that even as we deconstruct this process of helping people and the helping profession is. Well, we didn't have names for it, but we could just show people the material for it. Just like what it is, what it feels like and looks like and sounds like. They might find themselves into those relationships or they might realize they already have them. So true. That's so good. I love it. So what you do is accessible for people and whatever people want to call it therapy my counselor my guru my teacher my person yes i get called all <laughs> right? of those things yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> and yeah. i'm good with it whatever you want to call me yeah. is fine yeah yeah i always tell my husband i'm like i feel like i've made it when i'm just a household name you know when, when it's like oh i've got a lease today it's like it's, <laughs> it's like i have a client that does all of her name. notes she's an artist and she has a big mm. watercolor book our sketchbook and every note we've been working together for about three and a half years. And every note goes in that book and she calls it her big book of BJ. <laughs> and then I have clients who say, you need a BJ. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. You're, you're like, but you're like, but not in the way this is coming out of your mouth. But like, you need but my, like, my but you know person. What I, mean. yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I love it. That's good. So what's, what else? What's in your heart for today? What do you want to like say, declare, move into? Something's brewing. I think I shared that with you and it continues to. Um, I'm writing a book and I know that I want, the thing, the work that I've been doing around attachment is something that I want the whole world to understand because there's not a human on the planet without a wounded attachment system. And most people yes. get into their thirties, forties, and there's this thing there and they'll even say, there's just this thing that I feel like if people knew they wouldn't like me, or there's this thing that I just can't figure out if I could just fix that one thing. And it's always 100% of the time attachment wound every time. But we don't talk about it that way. We talk about it in extremes. We talk about it with adoptees. We talk about it in these different ways. I want my book to be on the front of the of the table at at Barnes and Noble, where everybody buys the the first book they see. I want it to be where every human of every age is able to pick it up and go, "Oh my God." Where was this 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago? Why hasn't anybody ever told me this? Because that's what I hear all with every new client at some time. They're like, why has nobody ever talked about this? Why is nobody, I've been to therapy so many, why has nobody ever said this to me? 
but it's the answer to everything. And I feel so privileged to get to bring that. And I see more and more and more and more people talking and writing about it. But I know that I want, I don't need to be famous. I don't want to be known. I want this work out there. And I want yes. to, I know I'm a catalyst to getting it out there. And so there are things brewing and I don't know where they're going and I don't have an agenda about it. And I'm just tipping into it however it comes. And I'm excited about it. One of my clients asked me the other day, she was talking about something. She said, no, I don't know if that's something that interests you talking about having a platform. And I said, oh, absolutely. It interests me. Mm. She's like, oh, and it's like, it feels good to say that without that's equivalent. Yes. Like, feel yeah. any hesitant with, saying it it doesn't it feels right. so much in line with my truth because i that's know right. my purpose for wanting it to be out there is so important and i want i want everybody to do this work i want everyone to do this work i want them to have the opportunity mm -hmm. to do this work and i want them to understand so many so much of it we can heal ourselves we don't yes. always need a guide if we just know what to do. Just the awareness that people come into when they understand it. Like, it's like, oh, that's why I do that. That's why I do that. Yes. It's like that. Well, you can fix that once you know. You don't need oh, that. Okay. That's what I want. I want this to be the self-help book, but not self-help. I want it to be the self-healing book mm. that everyone picks up and says, oh, this is what I needed. This is what I needed to live the life I want to live, to get out of my own 100%. way to connect to that part of me that I've always known is there, but I've been so afraid or I didn't know how, or I didn't believe in it. That's what I want. I want everybody to feel that. Oh, BJ, that is so free to hear you say that. The, the, I got the image when you said like, I want to be at the front of the table at Barnes and Noble. I'm like, oh, I know that. I always go right there yes, when I go too. there to look and see what's there. And to say with complete like wholeness, and freedom and power, right? That's where my book belongs. Yes. It, because yeah. it, I don't want it. I don't want it to be on the shelf that your therapist goes and tells you to look at. Because it's not going to get to no, everybody this is that for way. All it's people. for all Correct. people. Correct. Yes, the people. Yeah, yeah. You hit on something that's, that's truly essential. And and this is like there's um Rob Bell and Pete Holmes. Uh, no, not Pete Holmes, but. Pete Rollins did a podcast about the last guru and their whole like shift was that any guru, the last guru that you get to is a person who points yes, you home to yourself. Absolutely. Right? Okay. Yes. And that is what all of this work must lead to that, that you know that you are in a safe therapeutic space. Yes. When that person says you have everything yes. you need, everything you're searching for out there is already within you. We're just trying to get you organized. <laughs> Okay. And get the crap it's out of the way here. that keeps you yeah. from getting there. Because it's just buried. It's buried under every it belief does. system, every coping yes. mechanism, every survival skill you ever developed in childhood ever. became a belief yep. about yourself. And it's just buried it. Mm -hmm. We're doing an excavation mm -hmm. job here. It's That's dig right. it out. Right. Dig that crap mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. because you're in there. Mm -hmm. You are not. You have a yeah. secure attachment that is not broken. It is not broken. You Perfect. have a, a t attachment wounds, but they are not right. a broken system. There's nothing about you Thank that's broken. You. It's intact. We just got to get yes. to it because when you get to it, yes. it is loud. It's got a voice called your intuition. It You feel it when you put your hand on your belly and that's you right. know there is a knowing that is so deep yes. and unquestionable. And it's all you and you already have it. You just don't know how to touch yes. it. Yes. And my job is mm, just to help BJ. you get there. That's it. That's right. Damn, you girl. preached, oh man, you, you <laughs> preached my sermon. Yeah, what you yeah, sang my song yeah. when you said that, because that's my whole mm -hmm. thing is I'm just a guide. 
I'm just a guide. I'm just yeah. helping you get to where you don't know how that's to right. go to. And that's it. That's right. That's and right. I'm the pri- I feel privileged to get to walk beside oh. you while you go there. I'm not pulling you. I'm not forcing no. you. I'm literally walking beside you going where you want to go next. Because yep. you're going to get there. And how cool is that spot? Oh. Look at that over there. That's rad. Oh, have you seen this? Check this out. Yeah. What? This is the coolest place mm-hmm. in the whole world, right? But this is, it's the most sacred work. It this is. is, okay, I'm so biased in saying that, but I don't care. I feel in total, like, I believe so much in that holy space. Yes. It feels so, it holy, so holy to be there, to witness, to champion, to channel, to support, to see it all and say, Showing yes, all over, yes, as you say, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, VJ. Hi, you guys. Elise here, your podcast host for TrailerCast podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to let you know that TrailerCast is also available on Patreon. And if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a special community for creatives. And it is a way to support the people that are behind the microphone or um, on the Zoom call or, or doing these things called podcasts. So if you have um, been affected by TrailerCast and feel like contributing to the show and the making of the show, um, I'd be grateful. So if you are interested, you can check out trailercast.com or search us on Patreon. Thanks, guys. I, I, at some point, how can I help, like, just continue to applaud this book coming into existence? I need to know how to... What, what, <laughs> I want to hear it and see it and read it and say, keep going. <laughs> yes. Um, you know what? It's so interesting because it's from day one, I have not been willing to rush myself because I have so many friends who have written books. And the moment you have a book deal, there's a timeline. Mm. And I know me, that book is not going to be the book that I would write if I had all the time in the world. So I have no shame about the fact that I committed to this. I think it's been almost three years now. And I, at first I was like two years and I'm like, nope, I'm throwing even that out the window because this book will come to, into yeah. the world. It will be born that's right. when it's incubated and ready to go. That's right. And, that's right. I, I and, and that's it. And so I've been writing a little bit during the pandemic, believe it or not. Um, at Good. first I thought, oh, this oh, is yeah. not going to be the time I'm going to be able to write because it, it's been, I feel like we've been yeah. busier during this time. I, mm-hmm. I keep kind of being oh, no, this jealous the of the people that have boredom yeah. and I don't have any boredom yeah. going on, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it just keeps... I was actually transcribing a recording the other day and all of a sudden went, oh gosh, this is the introduction to my book. Yes. And that's what's happening. So I'm just, that's how I'm doing it. I'm not, I'm not one of those that can, like I start my work days at 7 a.m. And on my off days, I could wake up at 7 and start writing. That's not when my brain works the best. So I haven't done Mm -hmm. that. So I've literally, it's been so almost spontaneous at times. And then there have been times when it's like, I've got a bunch of time. I'm just going to write. And then those times may produce one page. Those spontaneous times often produce 20. But I'm just writing. I'm not trying to put it in book order. I'm not trying to follow the arc. I'm just writing and I'm and yes. sometimes I'm writing while I'm talking to my clients and I started yes recording my side of my conversations it's just my voice and it, it doesn't record them it's just me yes. and I'm able to go back and tra- transcribe those things sometimes and go yeah that's going in chapter three. Oh, that's going in this chapter Correct. and so I I'm that's how I'm writing it I'm just letting it be born I love it. and I, I did a, a psychodrama my birth the birth of this book came out of a psychodrama 
And in the psychodrama, my I was talking about this platform that I felt God calling me into this platform, but I didn't yeah. know what it was supposed to be. And at the end of the psychodrama, I'm standing on the stage with these people that were supporting me, but my book was standing off to the corner. I had someone representing the book for anyone who doesn't mm-hmm. understand psychodrama. Yep. Um, and she said, so where's your book? And I said, oh, my gosh, she's she's up here with me. I wouldn't be up here if it weren't for the book. And I said, I, and she said, well, what do you want to say to your book? And I said, I can write you. I'm going to write you. And she, I had earlier in the psychodrama said something about I was born to be a mother above anything on the planet. It's the thing that bring that feeds my soul more than any other thing and that comes so naturally to me. And the therapist who was guiding, the facilitating the psychodrama mm-hmm. said, I said, I can write you. I'm going to write you. And she said, I can give birth to you. And I lost it. And I went, oh, my God, I can do that. I can do that. I can give birth you know and that. send you out into the world because I have living proof in two children with off this planet <laughs> that I've done that. And I've done it really, really, really well. They're amazing. They, yes. In fact, they're better than I am. Like, they're better than I could have done to get them there. But they are such amazing humans. And they chose yes. such amazing humans to be with. And they've ra- they're raising these five and almost six now grandbabies of mine and I they're living proof that I can yes. do that yes and I committed that day and the things that That's came killer. out of that moment were just divinely yep. ordered and yes, so without a doubt yeah well, somebody in the window <laughs> <laughs> driveway my kids are behind me trying I to get it. in <laughs> and um it, and so now I'm just letting it be born I'm letting it I don't know yes. how long this gestation period is I'm getting okay. that um I'm just going to keep nurturing myself and nurturing my soul. And that book is going to come forth when it's ready and I'll be ready for it when it does. Yes. I'm thrilled. BJ. I think that there's, there are hiccups where people begin to self eliminate that. Um, there are so many, but whatever, whatever the BS, you know, is that emerges that keeps me from stepping into like what I call like my roar. Yeah. When you, when one is in that place, Okay, this is what I've been maybe experiencing recently. There have been times where I've felt like a call or like an invocation. Like, mm, I feel this thing inside me. Maybe it's like hunger. Maybe it's it's like want, longing, whatever it is. And I want it. And then I shrink a little after I acknowledge I want it. And sometimes that ebbs and flows. There are big things that I want. I want to take a step towards. And then sometimes I kind of shrink back down like, oh, did I want too much? Did I put too much in my plate? Right? Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, there is a project or something that comes along that I get to be all the way forward in. That is like, I want that. And I am the one for yes. that. This is this is it. There is no shrinking. There is no secondary sense of, is this too much to ask mm-hmm. for? It's like, oh, I'm all the way heart forward and totally in this. Mm-hmm. And those, those moments I know birth the most unbelievable projects that are beyond what is just my own knowing. It's this collective knowing, yes. right? And, and this, this BJ, that's what you are bringing into the world. It is something that is not only for you, but is also for yes. you. And that only I can bring. That's right. And that's why it doesn't matter who else is writing about it, doing it, or anything. Right. This book right. only I can write. Only I can bring into that's the right. world. And I know that. And I don't know that I've, I've. You just described me, and I don't know that I've ever had a project I felt so grounded and full of truth in about it being it will be. 
I don't have it. I've mm-hmm. not one time judged myself, yep. shamed myself, or questioned myself <laughs> that it wasn't happening under a certain timeline. Even when people mm-hmm. ask me, I'm like, write whatever story you want about that, but I don't have one about it That's because right. I know exactly where I am in this process and I'm completely content in it. And I know that it will happen in its timing. And I think mm-hmm. I, I know without a question, go, coming back to what we were talking about with, with wanting to control outcomes, yes, I, my work, my life, my trauma have all led me to the place where I've learned to let life breathe. And when it does, what comes forward is so much better than anything I could manufacture under a deadline or under a belief that I needed to be in control of it. Just the other day, I was trying to, I also do a segment on Kristen Howerton's selfie podcast every week. And I was trying to record and I'd been preparing all weekend for what I was going to record and I could not do this material. And I finally went, why am I forcing this? I'm obviously, it's not right. What am I doing? And it was like, it took go. a minute for me to get there. And yep. I just, I was going to the bathroom literally. And on the way there, I thought, you know what? This is some reason. This is not what you're supposed to talk about. Even though this is what everyone asked you to talk about this week. For some reason, it's not what you're supposed to talk about. Just breathe, just breathe and let yeah. it come. And I came back in here, sat down right here where I'm sitting now. And I, I started unplugging my microphone and my setup because I had clients that were going to be calling. And I thought, I'll just do this later on today. And I unplugged everything. And all of a sudden I thought, you know, I'm just going to record this because I'm time to write it down. I stuck it back in, started talking. And 20 minutes later, had my had my thing. And it was like, oh, crap. It just flowed <laughs> out of me, literally without planning. Mm-hmm. And that's I, I cherish that now. I don't want to interrupt that now. I don't want to manufacture that or manipulate that. I, I long for that. And yes. Yes. that's my eightness. That's, that's right. I'm like people who are eights that don't, that's your goal. When you get there, that's, that's what right. it feels like. It's yeah. so freeing. And all, all those things that made me so uptight and so moody and so tense. And I created so much tension in my home in that space of needing control, needing to, it was not that I wanted to control people. It was one, it was that need for safety that control yes, pers- okay. was mm-hmm. perceived to give me. And mm-hmm. now I'm just, I don't even have an interest in it. It doesn't even come forward and ask me to show its face. It's like, it's just so far removed from me. And that's what it feels like to be in this space and live in that mature eight space. And I want people to know that I want them to, and the people that are living there and not feeling understood in it. I want them to know, you know, that is your eightness. And even though it's not being represented out in the world in some way, it is who Mm -hmm. you are and and it's Mm -hmm. you at your Mm -hmm. best. Yes. Yes. So, okay. So many things I I like hearing the, um, like, that's like the good stuff. Like when you get in there and it's just happening on its own, it's like, like you're, we're just letting it out. I'm participating with, with it. it with with her with with it all whatever pronoun we want to assign to that moment right yeah that's right that gut yeah space that space that just is yeah it's so true and so real and so connected and in that space we're so full of compassion and love and care for ourselves and for others the only good can come from it yeah 
That's right. That's right. So you're, you're actually like layering on consciousness work onto the Enneagram, which I think is the true form of the Enneagram, is that when we layer in like that spiral dynamic conversation around how I evolve in my consciousness as a human being, then I see myself in every seat of the Enneagram. Yes, I see that. Yeah. I can sit anywhere. Yeah. I can sit, I can come over and join you as an eight and I can say something loudly, boldly, mm-hmm. without fear. And then I can participate and go over to the nine and say, what is, what, where are we? What does everyone need? Yeah. Right. I, I can move around because I'm free. I'm not bound by my number or my instinct or my type or my whatever. I'm not boxed in. I will not be boxed in by what has been most comfortable. For That's me. so encouraging to hear because I see myself in so many parts of it. I'm a, I'm a researcher. My son-in-law's That's a right. straight five. I'm certain of it. And I'm, I'm, we relate so much in that way. Mm-hmm. I, most people think I'm a two. When they when they type me from a distance, they automatically mm-hmm. put me in a two because I'm super nurturing. That's just innately who I am. And at my mm-hmm. best, I'm really that's who that's who, how I'm known to yes. be. That's what draws that's right. people to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's so many elements of every type. I, I need a little bit more seven in me, without a doubt. Um, but you know, we can meet yeah, there. Let's go there meet in seven. <laughs> I also can lean right into that nine stuff and be very avoidant yeah. of conflict and avoidant of certain things just because it's easier, not because I'm afraid of it, because right. it's easier. Right, but there's there in, but that's the low yes, side. Yes, the low side. Right, the high so side. we can we. <laughs> That I can and I don't have to, Mm -hmm. but I can, I can really see it from, see everyone has a really valid point here. And I'm not, I'm not paralyzed. I'm not stuck in that. I'm just really appreciative of everything I see. Yes. I, you, you actually do the high side of nine BJ. You, you see where a person is and you're like, I can totally understand why you would hurt that bad. Absolutely. That's who I am. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Wow. See, that's what I was looking for. I didn't realize that. (laughs) It makes so much sense though. It's the Enneagram should be something I hate even using the word should, but yeah. towards something that allows for more freedom rather than yes. more restriction. Right. It is. It there is you go. More, and I think that's yeah. what's not portrayed very often. I think mm-hmm. I worry yep. about people boxing and I, I think mm-hmm. it's really great yeah. when you're trying to figure out who you are to have mm-hmm. that framework, mm-hmm. but to live in it's, that framework is not healthy. Right. It's the same thing with diagnosis or self-referring as an addict. It's like, okay, so then what do we do? Like, it's not enough to be like, I'm an addict. It's like, okay, so now we've got to get into recovery or I'm depressed. Okay, so great. That's not the fucking point. Right, (laughs) right, right. (laughs) The point is the good stuff on the other side. we got to walk through the door. Now, for some of us, the Enneagram is that door or it's an AA meeting or it's my therapist, but we have to get to the other side of the thing. Because we have to connect to the human in us. Outside of the label, outside of the the, oh, the yeah. way we framework ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that got me to yes, it. Exactly. And I'd be so thankful that like, oh, I'm so thankful for the blah, 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 yeah. blah. Um, and there's got to be more in here, isn't there? <laughs> there's got to be life after yeah. that. Yeah. Or it just becomes the bubble we live in. And we can't live outside of it. I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> there is... Only onward. Only onward. Yeah. <laughs> BJ, this was fabulous. It was. <laughs> we knew Cute. it was going to be, though. <laughs> right? Um, the first time we sat oh, together. 
100, 100. Okay, can you tell people where they can follow up with you? If you want people to find you to, where can they connect to you? I am BJ Hickman at Instagram. That's the, where I show up most often. I'm also on Facebook. Um, same name. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe not after today. Who knows? <laughs> Um, like I said, I, I do a segment on Kristen Howerton's uh, podcast weekly called The Selfie Podcast. It's about self-care. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. If you're not listening to it, add it to your subscriptions. Um, I don't have a website, but they can reach me if they're interested in my work through my Instagram account. There's a contact number there and our contact button. And uh, that's it. Beautiful. I hope that they I do. do. thank you i i thank you i love joining you in any conversation anywhere on anything i just gosh i just i'm like yes more yes more yes that's how i feel about you too (laughs) this damn pandemic again we're gonna do something about it (laughs) yeah but but maybe even we would see that our zoom meeting is still experiential it's still heart it's still connection it's still the chills it's still everything we think we're lacking again Mm -hmm. look at us we're right here that's been my song since long before this pandemic i i say this all the time you can call social media fake and if you show up inauthentically in it it absolutely is but if you show up and you are yourself and you do not hide and you do not say things you would never say to someone's face you do not treat it differently than you would you don't present yourself differently than you are this connection that we're experiencing now you can have on social media you can have through zoom you can have over the phone Mm -hmm. you do not need physical contact to be intimate with one another this emotional intimacy is absolutely a choice we make when we yes. look at yes. someone and we see them as they are and we allow them to see us, and certainly people need to earn the right to see you deeply. As Renee mm-hmm. says, you know, a vulnerability is not advertising your Brazilian wax. But <laughs> <laughs> what it is, it's not oversharing. It's knowing your audience, earning the trust, and being willing to take the risk that comes with vulnerability to be seen as you are and the way you start is to look and see if you can see others as they are and create that safety for them then often it can be returned for you and that's oh gosh we can do that any in any format that's right know that and use it that way yes yes that might even be a piece for people's own like resistance when they think about doing um teletherapy via the telephone or zoom or whatnot it's like think about the connection that we feel through watching television and following a character through a podcast people listening right now if you felt any moment of the chills any moment of connection to your own story it's this stuff is not bound to the person-to-person um, experience. It can be anywhere at any time because we showed up. Yes. And I think that that's the thing where I'm like, all right, let's yes. more. And in all the spaces, it's real. Yes. Absolutely. It's real. Absolutely. So good. BJ, thank you. Thank you, Elise. I love you so much. Mm-hmm. I love you too. Okay, so today's conversation, I think, almost just goes to show that 
man, when you come with your full freaking heart open, not sure, but like open to it, it's it's unbelievable to see what emerges. So some background, BJ and I have only really known each other a, a short amount of time. But when I met BJ, it was like I knew BJ. Like I saw her and I'm like, that's a woman I'm going to know. Like that's a woman who I I want to sit next to and be by. There's a, a, a kindred strength or fierceness. And so we have met one time. I want you to know that. And so the level of connection that I, that I know was heard is a sense of like when like sees like, you can't help but want to have more of it. When I saw BJ and I continue to see her, I'm like, I see elements of my own like self within her in a totally healthy way. Okay. So this comes into our understanding of the mirror. And BJ used the word attachment. And so part of what that is, is our first mirror. The first person who ever held up a mirror and said, hey, this is you. And for most of us, that mirror was faulty. And as we have done our own work to exchange the faulty mirror for the full size mirror, we are now able to accurately see ourselves. And then our job is to take our non-distorted mirror and hold that up to the rest of the world to say, hey, look here, this is true about you. This is what you actually look like. BJ does that, is that. And when I saw myself accurately reflected in her mirror, I said, that is a woman I am in alignment with. My, my thinking and my believing and the way in which we maybe approach healing or think about how to help people actually. There's a, there's a beautiful kismet in that connection. And getting to sit today and let you into our like jump in the deep end version of conversation is, wow, look at the beautiful transparency. Look at the strength, look at the story, look at the resilience, look at the trust, look at the truth, look in a healthy mirror. This is what it is like for women to join each other. I don't need to be smaller in order to accommodate you. I don't need to be larger in order to accommodate you or prove myself to you. I don't need to be dumber. I don't need to be smarter. I don't need to be faster. I get to just be me. That is a whole healthy attachment type of relationship and connection. And this is the heart of what I want you to hear today. You are not broken. We only need you to remember who you actually are and see yourself clearly for maybe the first time. And then we begin, even if it's on our little Bambi legs, to start walking that out until that becomes the only way I could possibly move forward in this world is on the truth of who I am, uncompromising and in total fullness and freedom. That is what today's conversation was. So I hope that today met you in in both tenderness, but also in this, this brilliant resilience, this inner rebellion of what has been does not always have to be. And what can be is totally, totally up to me. That's scary as hell, but I'm here for it. Whatever came up for you today, whatever part of your story that you have questions about, or you're wondering, is that possible for me too? Could I connect in that way too? Could I connect to myself in that way too? Yes, yes, yes. Resounding yes. At some point, you will get to hear the fullness of BJ's story and of my story and read her book and, and hear it all and know that if it is possible for BJ, if it is possible for me, then it is possible for you too. I believe that in the core of my bones. And that is what these conversations are for, is to show you that total and complete restoration is possible and people are living that truth and you are worthy of that yourself. 
you have access to what is good all the time. It is within you. The part of you that felt touched today, the part of you that felt tender or maybe surprise or maybe whoa, whatever, whatever that was, that's a true part of you. Hold that. Don't forget that. Fight for that person. You deserve to be all the way forward. Cheers. Thank you for listening to TrailerCast with Elise Snipes. Visit TrailerCast.com to listen to all of our recorded episodes, sign up for Patreon to offer support for the show, and get access to group sessions, extra bonus episodes and content, and our private Instagram account, where we continue to grow the TrailerCast community. Follow Elise on Instagram at EliseSnipes underscore collective, and learn more about her work at EliseSnipes.com. Lastly, we'd love for you to take a moment and review the show on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Cheers, and see you next time.